Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another episode of Jaybird Watching. I am Craig Borden, along with my co-host, Brendan Panikar. How's it, things in Toronto, man? Have you survived? Uh, barely. <laughs> it's okay, been just pretty moderately much nonstop party okay, mode. Yeah, yeah, moderately buzzed. We'll just go with that so that uh, my employer doesn't uh, hear how drunk I was, but I think they kind of expected that anyways. <laughs> no, but the, uh, the entire... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll go with that. But no, the city's still on a high because of the Raptors, and I expect that to last all the way until the tip for the next season. And expect a second parade if Kawhi Leonard decides to resign for another year or more. It'll be crazy. Yeah, that was really cool. I saw Joe Carter on the um, Sportsnet earlier in the day, and he was like, this is the same situation I was in after the World Series in 1992. I was a free agent. We just won a World Series, and he could not leave Toronto. So Kawhi might be in the same yeah, boat, I hope so. I hope so. Where would you rather be than this beautiful city? Seems like a damn good time to me. <laughs> Especially in his <laughs> shoes, you know. It's just like he's the king of the city now. He's getting free food from everywhere. I see all the stickers. Yeah, and he got the key to the city yesterday from Mayor John Tory, so he can open any door he wants. And Tory said, if this key doesn't open a single door, give me a call and we'll make sure it does. <laughs> That's too freaking simple so but in all excitement and all the fun here man we have a pretty good show here we have a very prestigious guest the voice of the bluefield blue jays zach helton zach it's been a while how you been it has been a while we've been uh talking you know uh, via text and and social media some but uh, yeah i haven't been on the podcast in a while so it's good to be back and it's uh, good to be back in Happy League baseball. I've been doing high school baseball and softball this spring, and uh, it's good to be a part of, of the professional uh, round, uh, round of things here coming up this summer. Yeah, I think the last time we had you on Jaybird Watching here was when we had the random off-season movie countdown. Yes. I was at a casino uh, watching uh, dog races, and uh, I, was getting, uh, I was doing some college basketball. We were on the road. Uh, for college basketball, and I, we uh, usually me and our SID, which is uh, I, I won't mention names because the NCAA probably doesn't like the fact that we go to casinos on trips, which we don't. I'm just making all this wait, up. Wait. But we were at a <laughs> casino, and uh, when we talked last time, so uh, yeah, we had we had fun with that movie countdown. We'll have to do uh, something like that again in the off season next year. Yeah, we'll see how clever we can get, and um, I'll just make sure I can get you as many places where you can quote as many Bull Durham qu uh, quotes as possible, and you'll be all set, right? Yes. <laughs> and yes, as long as they're making it to the uh, uh, Carolina leagues next, that that'll be uh, that'll be the next stop, hopefully. You guys are making me jealous that I missed that podcast. I don't know why I wasn't on that, but uh, yeah, damn, I uh, I'll make sure I don't miss the next movie theme podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll just do like infinite movie quotes for that whole show instead. You know, let's see how maybe we can string together like a bad drinking game. <laughs> so, if, but, if you can figure it out, you win. That's really all. All the the only rule we have. That's right. <laughs> we're definitely not short of creativity on this show, Zach. So we'll see what we can figure out. <laughs> but as far I'm as I'm all uh, ears. Okay, as far as fun things go, as you mentioned, the Bluefield Blue Jays are actually kicking their season their, their season off as we are speak. And your first home game that you're going to be calling will be this Friday. Lots of things to be looking forward to on this roster that was released yesterday afternoon, I believe. Yeah, I, I was uh, actually told the GM, I said, I'll do a media guide. And that may be one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made because 
uh, I have a full-time job and I was doing some high school sports in the spring. So putting together the media guide was really tough. And then uh, we had scheduled it to go to print Monday morning. And I had the roster in my email at five o'clock Sunday evening. So from like five o'clock to midnight, I was finishing up the uh, media guide and and putting that together and, and got it to print there Monday morning. But uh, we've got a, a, a good little mix of youth and and some experience professional-wise and then some experience at some good college-level uh, programs coming into Bluefield this year. And I think the mix of uh, not only experience on the ball field professional-wise is going to help out, but uh, the kids from you know the big-time college programs, they've played in some pressure games. So it's a good little mix, I think, of uh, – good pitching and some athletes, uh, some few utility players that uh, I think will play more than uh, one position this year. And uh, Luis Hurtado making his first stop in Bluefield as a manager. And uh, I'm I'm anxious. I'm always a fan of professional, former professional catchers being managers. And that's what we have in Hurtado. It seems like catchers and middle infielders are always the best managers. And Hurtado, I spent about 30 minutes with him yesterday at the ballpark and Man, he's excited. He, he he got me excited just talking to him about the team and and uh, his ideas on the lineup and 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 some of the guys. So it, I think it's going to be another fun year in Bluefield. Yeah, that's awesome, Zach. I know we were saying right before we hopped on and started recording. Me personally, obviously, I'm much more in depth with the big league club living right down the street and a little bit with the Buffalo Bisons too. So the only guys I recognize when I look at the roster when we came on and when Craig sent it to us this morning is Kyle Huckabee because he's Ken Huckabee's son, but then also Miguel Geraldo because Geraldo's on the Blue Jays' top 30 prospects list. Why don't you give us and the listeners one pitcher and one position player really keeping your eye on for this year to really put themselves on the map and make their way up the minor league system? Yeah, sure. Uh, I've been looking over it and, and kind of doing some bios for the kids that uh, got drafted. Uh, a little local flavor this year for a position player first, uh, Spencer Horwitz uh, played his college baseball at Radford, which is about an hour from Bluefield. Uh, even though he grew up in, in Maryland, he played his college ball at Radford and was picked up uh, by the Jays there in the 24th round this year. They've got him listed as the first baseman, but he, he worked out at both corners yesterday, had a uh, huge uh, little stint there at the Cape last year, hitting 279. And, you know, any I, I'll be there to argue firsthand if you can hit above 270 in the Cape, you're doing something right because usually that is one of the best pitcher summer leagues that you'll see in college wood bat uh, summer league uh, going around. So he's a, he's a lefty that throws right, he bats lefty, and uh, I think he'll be a, uh, a huge asset uh, in the infield for Hurtado this year. He's going to be a fun one to watch, and I think with his local flavor, uh, you know, just going to college right down the road in Radford, I think – He's going to pull some fans not only at Bluefield but Princeton and Pulaski, which you know within an hour, uh, Pulaski literally within 20 minutes of Radford. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting uh, uh, person to watch. Uh, he, he's going to probably spend a lot of time at both corners and uh, maybe even in the outfield. I think Hurtada said uh, he's going to give him a look out in the outfield. So he's going to be interesting. And uh, Jared Sanzar, he's a right fielder from George Mason. Uh, De Cesar, I already mispronounced the name, but <laughs> that's going to be part for the course this year. It t- usually takes me about three weeks to get all the names down, but uh, 
he was uh, he's a smart kid on the honor roll there in in the A10, and uh, he's uh, out of the junior class. He was a pitcher a week a couple of times this year and last year. Uh, he started, but I think you could see him maybe even starting, maybe in the relief uh, role. But um, after a bad junior year, he was uh, had a 5.40 ERA uh, in about 80, 80 innings, but he regrouped and had a 3.33 ERA uh, last year. So I think uh, it shows a little bit of uh, tenacity, a little courage coming back off a bad year. And then he had a 2.95 ERA. So I think it's going to be uh, those two guys I'm going to have my eyes on early, the Cesar and Horowitz. Good stuff, Zach. And um, we're looking forward to seeing some of your your picks there. But you've got some, as Brendan alluded to, some of the top prospects actually in Bloomfield. Or, or Bluefield. So uh, Miguel Geraldo, this guy has been compared to anybody and everybody <laughs> that has a very, very good pedigree in Major League Baseball already. And there's, I even think it was Jesse Goldberg Strassler, I think, that might have said that he might be just like Vladdy going through this system. Yeah, he's got that 5'11 frame, and, and he's a little small at 170, but, you know, when uh, – you're uh, you're young like that. You've got some room to grow, some put on some muscle, and and uh, the guys uh, usually you see them. You know when they get off the bus in Bluefield, it's kind of like basic training. They get off the bus in Bluefield, and they don't look the same when they get on the bus to leave Bluefield at the end of the year. And I think uh, Geraldo will be one of those guys that puts on some good muscle mass. But last year with the golf, hit 300, uh, stole 18 bags. So he's one of those guys that uh, I think can man the middle of the infield with a smooth glove and hit the ball. And, uh, you know, if you can do uh, one really well and do one marginally, you're going to move up the ladder pretty quick. But I think he can do uh, – he's, he's one of those five-tool players that the Blue Jays are looking at. And, and, I, and I, he's one of those guys that I think may not be in Bluefield long, but I hope he is because I get a little selfish. When these guys show up, I want to see them all year long. I want to watch them grow myself. But uh, he was a free agent at 17 and played tremendously with the golf. And I think he's going to make uh, some quick strides in the organization. Brendan, you want to pick that segue up that's dangling or not? <laughs> <laughs> Which one going to Vladdy? <laughs> uh, I was, well, there's that one. But I was thinking more just the guys that have graduated from uh, Bluefield recently. There's some big names that have, are now in the higher parts of the Blue Jays Meyer League system. Um, I think the big one would be Alejandro Kirk for so far this season, Zach. Oh. Yeah, Kirk was one of my favorites last year. That guy could mash a baseball. I've been going to uh, games at Bowen Field since I was a kid, back when it was the Orioles. Uh, you know, I grew up around that ballpark, living about you know thirty minutes from there as a kid, and, and me and my grandfather would go there at least twice a week. I think you and even said you played in that ballpark year. a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah, we I, yeah I played at Bluefield State, and we played some of our games there, and I played some high school games there, so. Yeah, I've been on that field, and I've been about in every square inch of that ballpark <laughs> over you know the past thirty years. But uh, Kirk hit one last year that uh, went over the batter's eye and was still going up. That was one of the farthest hit balls I've ever seen hit there. And I, you know, I'm. It's one of those things. I close my eyes, I can I can see it happen. And um, it, he, every swing, he was swinging hard, and man, he was fun to watch. He was a fan favorite by the end of the year and uh you know he was more of a dh role 
in the beginning of the year, but his catching came along. He 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 learned how to catch the ball and handle different pitchers, and and he you know he had an arm. He runners didn't really run on him, but when they did, you know he he had some good good throws and caught a couple of guys stealing. So he grew as a catcher, but he was a hitter first and foremost, and he was absolutely a terror for anybody. And they tried to pitch around it, but uh, he was a good bad ball hitter too. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine that kid has put himself on the map like crazy this year as he continues to get promoted through. Name some other guys, Zach, for us who Blue Jays fans may not know necessarily that went through Bluefield the last few years, who may be up in New Hampshire now, maybe even getting close to Buffalo, that uh, really caught your eye the last few years. Yeah, Cal Stevenson, he's uh, he's a top prospect. He came through last year. Uh, he's he's going to be a terror. He's an athlete, uh, fun guy to watch. And uh, you, you can't get enough of what he did. Uh, Pardino, I think he's on an extended spring training bit right now. But uh, the youngster from Brazil, he's uh, he's going to be lights out once once he gets everything lined back out. He had a he tri- tri- terrific year last year at Bluefield, and uh, you know there was uh, his record really didn't uh, didn't do him justice. There was a few nights he pitched lights out and and held you know. Uh, teams in check, maybe one or two runs, just didn't get the run support. Uh, I think that was about his first three outings. He had good outings, just didn't get run support. Almost pitched a no-hitter, took a no-hitter into the seventh, I believe, in one game last year, and uh, had good stuff. And, you know, he was uh, 16, either 16 or 17 last year, one of the youngest guys in the league, and rarely intimidated. I think he had maybe one or two bad outings. But he was rarely intimidated. Got up there, got the baseball, and went at people like he'd been doing it for you know thirty years. He, there was no uh, no back down in, in him, and he's going to be a fun one to watch. I think I, I do think he's an extended spring training, but I think he'll be in Lansing uh, or Dunedin soon. I, I don't know the assignment yet, but uh, I think the last I saw, he was an extended spring. I think you're right with that, and my guess actually is he's going to be part of that championship run for the Florida State League for the Dedean Blue Jays. It wouldn't shock me. They want him as Would an extra arm that. down that stretch. Absolutely. I tell you what, that'll be that'll be an arm they'll uh, they'll love to have because know, right? <laughs> uh, he pitched uh, heck of a ball game against Princeton in the playoffs. It was a big pressure situation. He had a pretty good little ball game in that, but it was one of those outings just didn't get the run support. Yeah. The game I was at, Zach, I literally pulled in for the first game of the doubleheader after my regular everyday workday, and I walked into the Bluefield, uh, Bowen Field there, and literally saw Cal Stevenson pretty much run through a wall <laughs> to catch a ball. <laughs> I can't believe he even got yeah. up from that, but this is the athleticism and the just pure baseball essence that he has, because then he came up the next inning, he let off the inning with a double, if i correct? It was a double or a triple. It was an extra base hit, and then uh, I think a couple of pitches later, he came around to score. Uh, yeah, he was down for a few minutes. The, you know, Dennis and the trainers went out to check on him. And he hit the wall hard, and uh, you know, that was everybody was like, "Oh, kind of a gasp," because it, you know, even at that point early in the year, he was having a great year, and he was one of the catalysts for the offense. But uh, you know, he, he kind of sh- shook the cobwebs off and came up the bat early that next inning. And uh, got an extra base hit and came around to score. And, and his toughness, I think, uh, will bode well for him uh, as he climbs the ladder. He was a tough kid. And, and um, you know, 
Uh, some of these guys coming out of college, you know, they play a, a kind of strenuous schedule, but some of the younger kids drafted in high school, uh, you know, they don't they go from playing 20, 30 games a year and then you got to play 60, 65. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a big culture shock. And, and some of those guys, you know, sometimes the nicks and cuts, you know, they're all going to be banged up by the end of the year. But uh, guys like Cal Stevenson, you know, pulled through it, and uh, you know, he, you know, he wasn't feeling too too well after he hit that wall. But uh, he stayed in the ball game, and and not just stayed in the ball game, he produced. Yeah, he excelled for both games of that doubleheader, and I, I guess the one thing I'm going to ask now that you have had that transition at manager, I know you were pretty close with Dennis Holmberg, and he's been the face of what you know, this franchise has been doing at that level with you guys since the Blue Jays kind of came to town. And now you got something that's a little transitioning. Obviously, it sounds great that we're, you know, getting what we are with Harado and everything, but this is a culture change in all reality, right? Has it felt any crazy difference so far in the ballpark? Yeah, it, I don't think it uh, – I think uh, the great uh, fans of Bluefield, they're going to support whoever. But it will be a little different, I guess, at first because uh, you know, Dennis was there. Um, the Blue, the Orioles, I should say, were a staple in Bluefield from the late 50s until 2010. That was their last year in Bluefield. So it was not only a culture shock that, uh, you know, it wasn't orange and black on the field. It was, you know, blue and gray. But uh, Dennis kind of – was that easy transition for everyone, not only, you know, the Blue Jays organization, but the fans in the field as well. And they, they latched on to Dennis right from the start. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was definitely a fan favorite because, you know, every year, uh, mostly the roster changes, you know, usually you know, have one or two stragglers or, or guys that are holdovers that, that they're in town for a little bit. Uh, but every year it seemed like you had Dennis Holmberg and he was like that guy that, he was the face, like you said, of Bluefield baseball there for a few years, and and he did a tremendous job with the young talent, and, and he he made it fun. Uh, he was a different kind of manager, but he was one of those baseball minds that uh, every time he had to run me out of his office, I said I said just uh, I just want to soak it all in, you know, I just want to take all this baseball knowledge in, and and then he'd be like, well, I've got to get ready for the game, and I'd be like. Uh, so you want me to go, <laughs> but you know, he was always tremendous to be around and, uh, you know, I hung around with him at the cage and, and in his office and, you know, we had him on, uh, with, with my schedule and their schedule, you know, it didn't really jive so much that, uh, we didn't get to have him on every night on an interview, but I tried to get him on at least once a week and, and, and pick his brain and have him on the air. And he was such a great interview and such, so gracious with his time. And, uh, yeah, Dennis, they're going to love him down in Florida. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to working with uh, with Luis. I think uh, that's going to be a great relationship as well. And, and once the Bluefield fans kind of realize um, how much he enjoys the game, how much he knows the game, I think they're going to welcome him, him with uh, open arms as well. Fantastic. Zach, one thing you know working in the Blue Jays organization now is that Blue Jays fans, especially because you have the whole country of Canada, can drive down from the East Coast, like Montreal or Halifax, down towards Boston and New York and people in Toronto as well. Give us an elevator pitch as to why a Blue Jays fan who's taking a road trip down to the United States should make Bluefield a stop on their road trip. Well, I think if, if, you're, you know, if you're Eastern Canadian and you're coming through Montreal and you go through the north country of, of, of New York and down Vermont, the, the country... 
is very, very similar. You know, it's a little more mountainous, but it's green and it's beautiful. And I think uh, any stop in Bluefield is well worth it. Uh, just the country alone, you're going to meet some great people who love the game of baseball just like Canadians do. And uh, there's so uh, so many great stops to eat, you know, just off-the-track type places uh, that uh, make Appalachia great. Uh, you know, the, if, if anyone from Canada, uh, Canada comes down, I'm going to offer them biscuits and gravy. It's not quite as good as poutine, but it, you uh, biscuits are just as good underneath some gravy as french fries. But, you know, you're going to see an organization in Bluefield that uh, loves the Blue Jays and they love baseball and they're very knowledgeable. Um, and I, I think once you walk into Bowen Field at Charles A. Peters Baseball Park, it is a – It's Craig can, can, can kind of vouch this. It's a backdrop like none other. It's a, a big hillside full of trees, and that's the batter's eye. And it is a beautiful backdrop, and, and most of the time, uh, you know, it's not too hot. It's usually upper 70s, low 80s in Bluefield. It doesn't actually, if it gets above 90, they give out free lemonade. So uh, oh. that's a, even a little bit of a, a cooler thing in Bluefield to stop by. But uh, it, it's a step back in time, I think. It, it takes you back uh, to the way baseball, you know, was uh, a long time ago. And I think it's a great spot to not only watch baseball, but for some of these young kids to grow and I think the Blue Jays recognize that, and and I think they love being in the Happy League um, now in Bluefield as as much as ever. Yeah, to I add on to what uh, you just, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna say I think you just sold me on uh, making Bluefield a stop on a on a next road trip that I take down towards the United States. And if you come by yourself, I'll give you a seat in the press box. But if you bring the whole family, I can't accommodate for that. <laughs> probably more but if it's a me. solo or maybe a. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Well, come on down. Uh, you can sit with me in the booth. There you go. Fantastic. So when I, I was down there, Brendan, just to give you this idea, when I walked into the park, like he said, it is a little bit of a time warp, but it's not like a bad time warp. It's like, okay, this is how the game used to be kind of thing. And you're right on top of the action, whether you're in the press box like I was with him or, you know, behind home plate. You're right on top of it. And the backdrop, I made the goof to him right when we got on the air that this is like wilderness field of dreams with the outfield being basically just pine trees everywhere. <laughs> it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it's right in the middle of the city park, and, and uh, it's uh, the, the football stadium, I don't know if you saw it, it's up on the hill kind of uh, off from the parking lot. It's, it's a similar backdrop, you know, trees all around. And, and that's kind of like uh, anywhere in the Appy League. Uh, you know, there's hills everywhere. And if you have somewhat of a flat spot or somewhere you can cut out some mountain, they're going to throw a ballpark or a football stadium there. And I, I, there's, I think, about uh, out of the 10 teams in the Appy League, you're going to have beautiful scenery at about eight or nine of the ballparks. There's maybe one or two where they're kind of in the middle of a town, but still a pretty decent backdrop. But I, I if you ever get a chance to – See all the Appalachian League ballparks. I don't think you're going to be disappointed whatsoever. I just looked up a picture of Bowen Field. It looks gorgeous. I, I, it looks absolutely fantastic, right in the middle of all those trees, as you just said. So I definitely want to experience that one day. As should all of our listeners who should get down to Bluefield and meet you, Zach. Yeah, I invite everybody to come down. It's a it's a great environment, and if you uh, if you like a couple of adult beverages, our beer garden is right next to the visiting bullpen. 
And usually that comes in handy about the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning when <laughs> the visiting team gets some arms up and the guys in the in the or the guys and the girls in the beer garden have uh, kind of uh, had a few uh, uh, drinks themselves. Loosened up. It gets fun down there. And where I sit in the press box, I've got a window that out that looks out to the bullpen in the beer garden. If anything gets out of hand, I usually have uh, first sight on it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> so it's not just calling the game; it's calling the shenanigans. Got it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And in the Athlete League, there's always shenanigans. <laughs> Craig, it sounds like the perfect place for you and I to go. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I fit in when I became such good friends with our buddy Zach here? <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. We had a good time uh, that night, and uh, I tell you, uh, one of the things that just happens at the Athlete League level that I don't think happens anywhere else. We were at Pulaski late in the year, and the Jays have pretty much they'd ramped up their playoff spot, and they, they were using some guys in some positions that uh, uh, that they didn't usually uh, use, just getting some work in. And and I, th- I think the game was a blowout. It was like fifteen to two, and it was like the seventh inning. A skunk had got into the ballpark there at Pulaski, and it was kind of roaming around, and a bunch of the kids were chasing it. Well, once one guy, I don't know if he was trying to play hero or what, was trying to catch him. Well, the skunk ended up biting the guy and spraying him. So for about the the eighth and ninth inning, like you smelled skunk spray, but I was literally just watching the skunk because the ball game was already out of hand, and I was like, "This is this is Appy League baseball in its finest." <laughs> That's awesome. Why do I feel like Zach yeah, probably a, went like full night. Steve Irwin for a second? He's like, "Oh, he sneaks up behind the skunk. Oh no, it's got him in the face, and it's biting him now." <laughs> <laughs> I had my binoculars on him, and he was up behind a third base dugout, and all the guys uh, in the Blue Jays dugout were up on the top step just looking. They weren't even paying attention to the game. They were looking back at the skunk, and I was watching this, and I was like, uh, I think he just got bit. Uh, nope, he just got bit. He got sprayed. Yep, yep, oh, I can no. smell him. He got sprayed. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, funny. yeah, you just got to let it go. I, he tried to play hero, and he got bit, so. It happens to the best people. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I might know the answer to this question already, Zach, but who has been your favorite player that you have seen so far in the Appy League at, while you've been doing this gig? I'm sure some name stands out that's well, I, making I, out in Major League level probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? Vlad was definitely a, fun, a fan favorite. Uh, I didn't get to – I wasn't there long enough. Uh, I wasn't there the full season. Vlad was there. I was only there like part part of the season, so I only got to see the tail end of, of Vlad. So I know that was the obvious answer, <laughs> but I tell you what, Aliando Kirk last year was uh, he he was like the underdog story. I mean, he come in, he was like they had him listed at five eleven. He wasn't five eleven. He was probably about five eight. Yeah, uh, they had him listed about at about size, five nine ish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had him listed yep. at like 215. He was not 215. But the kid played his heart out wherever, you know, whether he was DH or behind the plate. Uh, he turned into a solid receiver. Uh, you know, he was quick. Uh, you know, as big as we, big as he was, you know, he, he wasn't out of shape. He was, a, he was a stout guy. But, you know, he was cat-like back there, blocking balls and receiving balls and, and throwing guys out. And his bat spoke for himself. It, it was one of the it – was, it was kind of Vlad-esque. You know, when you when you were at the ballpark and you uh, you heard the ball hit off Vlad's bat, you knew it was different. Same way with Kurt. When he came off his bat, 
he barreled up everything and it just had a thunder sound to it and usually it was going at least 380 400 feet when it was coming off the bat but he put everything into everything every swing every uh you know trip out of the box he was hustling then every time he squatted down behind the plate he was given 150 percent and uh, those guys, I, I think those guys fed off him down the stretch. They, they made the nice little playoff run and, and uh, you know, came up short against the Princeton Rays in uh, the game three of the, the Divisionals Championship. But that was a fun season. And, and guys like Kirk and Stevenson and uh, Andy McGuire and uh, uh, De Los Santos in, in shortstop, they were just guys that fed off each other. It was just an energetic team. And, and you know, if I don't get anything, if I get anything short of that this year, I'm going to be disappointed. But I think this young group is going to be fun to watch in Bluefield again. I'm sold, <laughs> but Me I had a, I was sold on Kirky <laughs> when I saw him hit that um, opposite field home run when I was down there, and it was um, like yeah. I said, not too yeah. far he after I walked oppo. in the ballpark. It looked like he hit the thing off the end of the bat, Brendan, and it just kept sailing over the right field wall. It was insane. Total power behind. I actually think he broke the bat on that one. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So what, you're saying, what you're saying is the Blue Jays have some pretty incredible catching depth when Alejandro Kirk continues to rise through the minor league level. So that's exciting for anybody. Yeah, he's batting a mere three twenty six yeah, in Dunedin right now, just saying. <laughs> yeah, he was uh one of the league leaders in uh he was a, atop the uh, league last year in RBI's home runs and I would say he was, you know, and at worst in the top fourth of batting average last year. I mean, the kid mashed. And uh, it was like he was one of those kids like you saw him. A, I would say like if he didn't have any Blue Jays gear on and tried to walk in the ballpark, someone would stop him and say, hey, sir, you need a ticket. But, you know, like he, he, he got off the bus and he came to play every night. And, uh, uh, yeah, wherever he lands next, He's he's gonna he's gonna continue to brighten fans wherever he goes. Good deal. So Zach, is there anything else you'd like to tell us on uh, Bluefield Blue Jays baseball before we dive into Toronto Blue Jays baseball? Well, I, I'm still kind of learning this group. I think it's gonna be a fun year. Uh, the guys we talked about, I'm looking forward to them. And and uh, you know, last year at this point, I had no idea who Alejandro Kirk was. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping I get a few surprises like that this year. But, again, if you come, uh, yeah, go uh, straight 77, uh, Interstate 77 South, and get off exit one in West Virginia and come on over to the ballpark in Bluefield. And, yeah, we'll, have, we'll save a seat for you. Fantastic. I'm sold. <laughs> Brendan, you want to kick us off on some Blue Jay fun here? We got good, bad, and ugly over the last week. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if there's much fun to talk about, honestly, Craig, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one about mashing about on about Sunday the, of the Houston Astros that made me feel at least relevant. <laughs> and and Kevin Bezio was, uh, was absolutely mashing yesterday, which is super exciting to see. So, yeah, uh, at this point, in terms of the good the last week and a bit, it's definitely been Kevin Bezio. The Oscars looked really comfortable in center field, but unfortunately he has that wrist sprain now that he's out there. But, I mean... Other than that, man, there hasn't been a whole lot to be excited about this team. And now Smoke is on the injured list with a quadriceps issue or something along those lines. So the best hitter the Blue Jays have currently is out of commission. So, Is there a silver lining that we have one injury that actually is helping our pitching rotation? <laughs> yeah, Edwin Jackson landing on there. I think that actually would help it out quite a bit. I wonder 
who do you guys think gets the start on Saturday? They're talking about Jacob Wagaspak now that he's getting healthy, getting out there on the mound on Saturday, even if they can be 60 pitches. Him throwing 60 pitches a lot better than having some random person come off the free agency list and try, uh, uh, what was it, Kyle Freeland, the knuckleballer that came out of nowhere all of a sudden to try pitching. Oh, Ryan Fierbank. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Ryan Fierbank. <laughs> Kyle Freeland's pretty good. I would take him in this rotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, why that name popped into my head. But, um, <laughs> yeah, outside of Kevin Biggio, who has been just absolutely insanely hot, so hot that I even picked him up in my fantasy baseball league for the injured uh, middle infield spot I have for Carlos Correa. <laughs> so I'm hoping to ride a few more home runs out of Kevin Biggio here. But, um, Brendan and um, Zach, I don't know how much you guys have been watching Loris Gurriel Jr. play left field, but honestly, I'm kind of sold on him to run with this job for the rest of the season and probably run away with it. Yeah, over the last week, he's hit like 400. Kid, uh, I think he's on fire. Uh, he's got to, I like to, I like his jump. Like, he knows uh, a good first step in the outfield. Uh, I think uh, he could play anywhere in the outfield, but I think left field there at the Dome kind of suits him. And I, I think he can, uh, I, I, you know, I think he's there as long as he can stay healthy and he wants to be there. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Zach. I think there's an article written today by somebody at Sportsnet saying that they found their left fielder. And I wouldn't be surprised if for the rest of the year, Luis Gurriel gets the majority of the reps out and left because it didn't seem like Billy McKinney or anybody else they were tossing out there was going to secure and run away with that job. I, I've been impressed with his defense, too. He looks really comfortable out there. As you mentioned, Zach, he got that good first step in the outfield. He looks really, really comfortable, and that's nothing but good for the Toronto Blue Jays, especially considering there isn't a whole lot more in the outfield in terms of guys they can plug and play out there. So if Lourdes can take left field and run with it, then they have solved at least one of the outfield spots for next year and the year beyond, hopefully. And then Randall Gritchick, obviously, with that extension. Now it's just a matter of figuring out center field, so... Great development all around. Lourdes Gurriel definitely been hot over the last little bit. I think the thing that was impressive to watch, and I don't know if you saw it in tonight's game or not, but um, he had a ball that landed on him in front of him, in front of him pretty good in the carpet, and it could, took a heck of a bounce on him. Um, the, the second one didn't go, didn't burn him quite as badly. He didn't have to go back on his feet and get the second one. And I, the, I think that's it that summarizes what he's doing and what's doing very good for him so far in left field. Even if he makes a mistake, he is learning from that mistake. And those are the kind of things we were not seeing from McKinney and company earlier in the season in the outfield spots that were on a constant rotation, guys. And plus, not to yeah. mention, he's and just mashing the ball at the plate. Has another home run tonight. And this, and this is the season to learn that position. When the season's already lost, you got to cement yourself for 2021 and 2020 uh, in the outfield or just any position. So anything or any signs of progression defensively and offensively from Lourdes Gurriel is fantastic for this organization in the long-term future. Yeah, I think it shows that he wants to be there. When you, you learn not, you know, from game to game, from inning to inning, uh, you know, you have a guy, a kid there that says, hey, I, I, I want to get better. And that's in the back of his head. Said, well, this is where this landed or, or, or this is how I should play this this time. And it, you're very similar play, like you said. And he was on top of it, so I, I think that bodes well not only just for for, the, for his growth, but I, I think he's going to solidify his spot in Toronto for a long time, and and maybe he works his way over to center field. You, you never know, but I, I, I'm like you guys; I like him in left field. 
Yeah, and the one thing I have been super impressed with, he's got a freaking cannon that is looking a lot better coming from the outfield than going from second or short. The fact that he can just rear back and let it fly. Did, am, I, am I correct saying he's already got three or four outfield assists, Brendan? You're usually my stat I guy. Think you're, <laughs> I think you're right. I haven't looked it up lately, and I got StatCast open right now. I could quickly go to the, uh, the fielding part of it, but I do believe you are correct, Greg. It's been fun to watch one way or the other. So, But basically, guys, the good for Toronto Blue Jays baseball is the fact that the young core is starting to solidify. And correct me if I'm wrong, that you can pretty much pencil Biggio, Vladdy, and Lourdes into that you know, top part of the lineup. And then tonight, that's your 2-3-4 part in the lineup with Smoke not being in it. I'm very, ha- very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a... That screams scary for not only the AL East, but all of baseball. And those three guys are hitting the heart of your lineup, in, you know, early in their career. Uh, there's, <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a tough lineup to pitch around uh, going forward for anybody. And it's only going to get better when Bo Bichette gets up here, which there was yeah. a rumor flowing around last week that there was a possibility he'd be up here this week. I didn't buy that one bit. I don't think we'll see Bo Bichette until after at least – the MLB All-Star break, or even after the trade deadline, or some of these veterans are are shipped out. But yeah, if you guys have if you have these guys batting at the top of your lineup, producing, which they have been, and you got guys like Bobuchet who's on the way, you got guys like Danny Jansen who will get better behind the plate. He's had so much tough luck this year. And his expected batting average is 230 according to Statcast, and he's only hitting 175. Still taking his walks. So you plug Jansen down in the lower parts of the lineup with. Randall Grichik in the future. And Rowdy Tellez, guys, I have been pretty impressed with Rowdy Tellez. He's barreling the ball 12.4% of the time. I know his average is down 213, but he's learning as well, uh, just like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. So Tellez, I think he can plug in there for at least 2020 and 2021. It's nice that we actually have positions filled. Think about this as Blue Jays fans. When was the last time we can even say we brought up good talent from our Maya League system. And we're here with one of the better guys on the lower end of the <laughs> spectrum here in Zach that has seen these guys moving along and is only getting to see them higher levels. You know, we're talking about some guys now that are in Buffalo that Zach's had the pleasure of seeing and a couple of them, you know, breaching the major leagues a little bit here and there. This is what we needed to do. You couldn't just keep stringing a lot of team together with free agents. We literally have a other than maybe a couple of thin outfield spots, there's somebody to plug into this lineup at the major league level right now. It's one of those things when you, uh, it's one of those things when you're, uh, when you're trying to be handy, if you, uh, if you build something by hand and it turns out looking pretty good, you're more proud of that than going to Lowe's or Home Depot and buying it, you know, so I think this is this is going to bode well for the organization for years to come. I think it's going to be one of those things that we built this, and I think it's going to kind of solidify itself for a long term. Instead of you know you piece a couple of big name free agents late in the year and, and you go on a run, but then that runs over, you know, and you got to do it again the next year. I think this the pieces are there for like a you know an early '90s type Blue Jays run that. Uh, is going to have them going deep in the playoffs for, you know, maybe six, seven years to come. I, I think that's one of those things that's happening right now that we're kind of watching slowly build. I completely agree. You know what? It's sustainable. 
you got guys that you can call up and plug in and can run with jobs, especially young guys. The other thing, too, is once you have that sustainable wave of talent that keeps them coming up, when they are ready to contend, I don't think that'll be next year. I think that was the hope of some people. But 2021, with so little financial uh, obligations on the books right now, you start extending some of these guys, but also you have that money to be able to spend to fill in those holes which are still lacking. I know, Craig, we've talked about this at length, and, and Zach, it really perked up my ears hearing how high you were on Pardino, who is in extended spring training right now, but they need the pitching side of things to come up. So the fact that they will have that money to spend in a few years, you have your position players pretty much set for the most part. You'll then be able to go trade for that piece that will solidify you as a contender and make a deep playoff run, but also somebody who will be able to be here for a long time and, and really flex that financial uh, ability that Rogers does have to spend on big time free agents. Yeah. And speaking of those big time free agents, you could essentially bring one on a tread deadline type deal. And, you know, with the young talent, you know, you're not spending that much money. You could essentially keep one of those big free agents for another year or two. You could sign them at the end of the year after a, a trade deadline deal like that. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things you could you could play with house money at that point and, and see uh, we, where we have, uh, you know, someone hurt or somebody's on a 60-day DL or, or we have a hole in the bullpen. It's not like you need, you know, two or three power hitters, hurt hitters and two or three arms. I think it's going to be one of those situations. Excuse me. It's going to be one of those situations that it's just going to be a small piece that you're not going to have to go, you know, spend the farm on and still be in the competitor's mindset, you know, uh, going down the road. Yeah. Well, the face of the franchise has arrived, right? <laughs> so now we need to build up the brethren around yeah, them. Yeah, it's all from here. Stuff around them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but with Vladdy now in the lineup and just completely pacing this lineup to the tune of a easy 300 batting average over the last month, it, it's only going to get that much more fearsome when you do bring up Boba Shett, Anthony Alford, you know, the eventual Alejandro Kirks and whatnot of the world over the next two, three years. This, it, there's a, the pipe is full. And the outfield might be the one exception. I think there's enough pitching throughout the system with the Pardinos and everybody. And you got to think there's still TJ Zoiks and whatnot that are also at the higher end of the minor league system here that have been, you know, having some injuries and some other things. There's a lot going on here and it's gonna all hit pretty quick i think it wouldn't have shocked me and i think zach can back me up on this if uh pardinia wasn't hurt to start this year off he might end up in new hampshire by the end of the season zach yeah i think think he's got he's got that uh, yeah i think he's got that build and and mindset that he could climb the ladder rather quickly just kind of depending on uh how many innings they want to get him in but you know i I, I think it's his, the reason he's in extended spring is it's not a big reason, but you know with with his upside and, and his you know he's young. I mean you, you're not having to rush him to anything right now at this point. So I, I think it's the best. Uh, you know Charlie Wilson seems to make uh, the right decisions on a lot of these guys, and I think it's it's wise to keep him right there where he is. I mean you could skip a level or two if you had to with the guy, but I, I think he's going to be one of those uh, those guys that. Uh, He'll probably be cradled with uh, kid gloves, uh, pun intended, uh, for a long time, but I I think it'll be well worth it. 
So, that was all the good. <laughs> now do we need to talk about the Edward Jacksons <laughs> and all the other stuff that's been going on and how we can't hit it? Hit? I'm surprised we actually have a run in this game so far. <laughs> what The Blue Jays have been epically outbid in most games over the last week since our Brendan and I's one-off shows last week. But they've had a couple of outings where the bats have completely sparked. It's the typical rebuild series that uh, Brendan and I have been talking about. You're going to have hits, misses, and everything, and anything and everything in between. So as we do that, the schedule's not getting much easier, I don't think, Brendan here. <laughs> so we're probably going to continue to see these ups no. and downs. And is it the Yankees yeah. that come to town next? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I know the Red Sox come the day after Canada Day when they play the Royals. But yeah, the schedule, I mean, when you play the Yankees for the first time at the beginning of June, you still have so many matchups with them remaining, and they're getting healthier, and they just traded for Edwin Encarnacion, which sucks seeing him as a Yankee. It absolutely It just sucks, sucks without seeing <laughs> him without a beard. <laughs> exactly. It it's is so the weird. weirdest thing ever. Edwin needs to have that chin strap on there, but... Yeah, I mean, you look at the schedule after they're done with the Angels. They go to the Boston Red Sox this weekend. Then they go to the New York Yankees. If they win one on that road trip, I would be happy, unfortunately. Then they got the Royals. And then leading into the All-Star break, they finish with a homestand. When they're done with Kansas City, three with Boston, and then three with the Baltimore Orioles. So let's up a little bit towards the end of there. But, yeah, it's not going to be a very fun close to the unofficial first half when it gets to the All-Star break. And it's going to be interesting after that where all the trades and everything go. So we'll go from there. But I think i got to mention this because I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. How many people have said that the the parrot's been plucked (laughs) on the pictures of Edwin not the chin strap? (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, and I don't know if I want to. (laughs) It's rough, man. It really is. It's a a long way from the wild card home run off the Orioles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not going to have the same parrot walk. It, you know, it's just going to be weird to me. But if the Yankees, for some reason, do win this season, and as much as I don't want it to happen, I will be at least happy for Edwin Encarnacion getting his World Series ring. I will, too. He, there's nobody more deserving than him, from uh, other than Jose Bautista, from the most recent string of Blue Jays' success in 2015 and 2016. I hope he wins, and then if they do win, Jay Hat gets the ring as well, which would be nice. So Zach, it's how just much... hard to root for the Yankees, though. Ah, yeah, it I know. is. It <laughs> it's is painful. Although I will say, I will say, I think I'm in the minority. I hate the Boston Red Sox much more than the Yankees for some reason. Ooh. I don't know. I I know it's it's a little it's a little different than what most Blue Jays fans think, but I don't know for some reason the Red Sox have been just much more easy to hate. Maybe because the fan base has a part of that. <laughs> I was just gonna say, should I lead him in on this, uh, Zach, or do you want to hit him with a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, I won't put it against him. <laughs> Surprise. We'll just leave it at that. But I'm I'm a both a Blue Jays and Red Sox fan. <laughs> now, is that just because of your professional arrangement? <laughs> uh, no comment. But, but I'll say that uh, when the Jay, when the Jays and Sox play, I just I, I'm uh, I'm one of those. I just hope for a good game. <laughs> yep. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. So, but um, nothing wrong with that. Brendan, do you have any other topics you'd like to bring up, my friend? I don't think so. I mean, Zach, thank you for joining us. This has been really informative, and I think our listeners are really going to like the Bluefield preview. 
that we gave them today. So I thank you for coming on with us. But also to all of our listeners, Craig, you tweeted out this on, I believe, on Monday. We're the top podcast for, I believe, what was it, last week or two weeks? So thank you to Actually everybody who's listened. Actually, yeah, <laughs> oh, Mike, even better. Last 30 days, and, and even more. To the, uh, yeah. our friends at the Blue Jays aggregator who more or less track all Blue Jays blogs. It's a great one-stop shopping if you guys are looking for new articles, you know, podcasts like ours and whatnot. Even our friend Adam Corsair is doing pretty good on that list, too. I think he was just missing on that screenshot yeah. I had at number five. And uh, I think he was actually one of the top two in the Raptors' side of that argument, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty easy when they got I want a championship for Corsair to be up there. But, yeah, considering all the Raptors people around here and how bad the Blue Jays have been, that's pretty telling. And I'm very, very happy and pleased to see that we were the top-ranked prospect or podcast the uh, the last month. So I thank think you that's what made me feel the most honored about it. <laughs> is the fact that nobody's really like, oh, really? I gotta listen to Blue Jay stuff? <laughs> Which is why having somebody like Zach on this to have something look hopeful for for the future. Zach, you could have been the perfect guest at the perfect time. <laughs> well, I tell you what, there is so much promise in the Blue Jays organization. I've seen it in the past uh, uh, this be my uh, third year in the organization and you know they've been uh, so many great players come through uh, you know that first base clubhouse the Bowen Field and and they've been fun to watch grow and uh, you know they all it, that's one good thing about the Blue Jays organization they put some great guys in the organization like the Dennis Holmbergs and Luis Hurtadas and the guys on the staff and Chris Schaefer has been in Bluefield a while and uh, they always seem to none of these kids leave Bluefield worse than they were when they showed up they they almost always uh, you know uh, at, at, at best they get better but uh, and it's a testament to the blue jays organization from top to bottom they have some great guys working in in there and uh, it it's just top notch i can't uh, say anything bad against the blue jays organization just strictly because they pay me but but even if they didn't pay me i wouldn't be saying anything bad because uh, you've had some great guys come through, and uh, they're very gracious with their time. And these kids uh, learn the game the right way from some great, great mentors. Yeah, I couldn't say enough good things. Um, even in that article that I wrote for you guys after my visit last year, um, it was just the family environment is, speaks to what you guys do 100% down there. Welcomed everybody in with open arms, including apparently Zach has got biscuits and gravy for anybody you know that wants to make the trip from north of the border. <laughs> Sorry, got you thrown under the bus. If Zach. you come, if, yeah, there you go. Well, if you come to West Virginia, I uh, one of the few stops you have to make is at a Tudor's. It's Tudor's Biscuit World, and uh, you will not be disappointed. It's it's a little chain in West Virginia uh, that uh, by their name you know they specialize in biscuits and. Uh, these biscuits are huge, so uh, come hungry. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it sounds delicious. It was a little epic when I went. I went on your referral from one of my visit. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little bit of a rough ride back to uh, where I was doing my work the next day. It was a little full. <laughs> <laughs> so, good hey, stuff. Everything, uh, everything settles better on a back road, I'll tell you that. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, Zach, anything uh, you would like to pitch last minute? This is your moment to shine, my friend, before we go off. Uh, you know, I, I'm just happy you guys had me on again. Uh, if, if you get a chance and you didn't uh, hear our uh, movie, our baseball movie, uh, what was it, Top Ten, 
uh, that podcast is uh, is a good one. Uh, I think if everyone gets a chance to go back and listen to that one, I think you'll enjoy that one. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And if uh, you get bored one night and want to listen to Blue Jays baseball, just go ahead on over to bluefieldjays.com and hit the listen live link. And uh, you'll hear me, my voice, and, uh, and uh, hopefully – uh, we'll have another good year in Bluefield, just like we did uh, the past couple of years and a couple of playoff runs. I'll even up Absolutely. your uh, sale there. I actually asked my Google speaker last year. Uh, I said, hey, li- I want to listen to Blue- Bluefield Blue Jays baseball, and then you popped up. It was insane. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're on TuneIn, too. I, I, I kind of feel like uh, we're big time, but we're on TuneIn. So, uh, yeah, if you got the TuneIn app, just, yeah, like you said, Bluefield Blue Jays baseball and uh, – we're uh, we're doing all the home games and the Pulaski and Princeton away games. I'll be on the air for those. So uh, some good baseball coming up this summer. Nice, Brendan. Go ahead. Yeah, fantastic. I'll definitely be able to tune into that. But yeah, keep on listening to the show. Keep on making us a top podcast every single month. And I now feel like I don't have to keep on offering free beers if you take a picture when you like or subscribe to our podcast and meet me at the Rogers Center. So thank you to the listeners. I will say that one more time. There you go. So here, there you go. we lifted a little bit. <laughs> thank God. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, you spent too much during the parade. I need no. to get up. I need to get up for a game at the Rogers Center and let you guys uh, treat me for a couple of Molsons. Absolutely. Go. We got a, got a spare bed at my condo walking distance from the dome. So if you ever make your way up, just holler at me. Uh, I'm definitely going to take you guys up on an offer. Cool beans. So, Brendan, not only are we, like you said, the top prospect or uh, top podcast at the moment, um, we also want to have fans on the show at some point, and we're going to start doing some fun things, hopefully, on Twitter here. I got a couple ideas that we're going to throw out here after the show I want to talk to you about. And, yeah, we can send in those voice messages, and maybe we'll get some of these people on the show. Definitely. More the merrier, especially in a season where there's not much to be excited about. We just want to talk and have fun. We are a bunch of friends in the in a bar watching the Blue Jays, and unfortunately they suck, so there are peanuts being thrown at the TV, beers being thrown, <laughs> everything. But we will have no, a good time with the conversation. No, don't throw the beer. You're wasting money. Okay, got it. Drink the beer, <laughs> throw the peanuts. Got it. <laughs> Deal. That's how, that's how it goes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so everybody, thank you very much for listening to Jaybird Watching here with Craig Borden and Brendan Panikar and our special guest of the Bluefield Blue Jays, Zach Helton. Make sure you hit those subscribe buttons on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. And until next time, fellas, let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.